listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. So, let's see, who else do I have here? Uh, Chico Okonkwo, you know, Traylon Burks, like I mentioned, you know, he might be bad this week. But still, like, Okonkwo, he did run more routes than Austin Hooper this week, but barely. Like, I think it was like one more route <laughs> or yeah. two more routes or something like that. So, it's still pretty much a 50-50 split in terms of routes run between the, these two guys. So, that's not ideal. But he's so good that, you know, when they get to the red zone, that sort of thing, play action, Okonkwo is always going to be an option. Right. Yeah. So, again, with the landscape of tight ends, I think Okonko is is still, even with Traylon Burks back, I think you can still stream him. Yeah, I think he's absolutely a streamer. I think he's a higher-end streamer than a lot of these guys. I mean, maybe outside of Jawan Johnson. But the tight end position, like you said, as weak as it is, the Titans passing game was anemic, you know, last week. Like I said, uh, Ryan Tannehill only threw 22 passes. I think he's a pickup regardless of whether Traylon Burks comes back or not. You know, he was second on the yeah. team in opportunities behind Derrick Henry's 25. You know, not close at all. Um, but his primary competition is coming from Robert Woods and Chris Conley, who have been, you know, just super quiet this year. At least it was last week. So I think that even with Burks coming back, you know, it's just going to increase the pass plays that they run. And that could result in a higher workload even for Chikosium Okonkwo than he had last week because they were just getting away completely from the pass against the Chargers. Yeah, I hear that. The Texans have given up the six most fantasy points to tight ends over the last four weeks. So, you know, it could be a decent day for Okonko. Right. Uh, and then Chris Moore on the other side of that matchup, you know, going up against the Titans, we talked about how bad the Titans have been defending perimeter wide receivers, something that I didn't get right last week. You know, I was talking about Josh Palmer and Mike Williams, you know, both having really, really good matchups. Neither of them, you know, could come through with, with, with I mean, they had okay games, but it wasn't nearly the type of game that I thought at least Mike Williams would have. Uh, yeah. But it remains a good matchup. You know, Chris Moore has been getting targeted. Now, here's the thing. Will Brandon Cooks play, right? Will yeah. Nico Collins play? We don't know. I think Brandon Cooks was close to playing this past week, but, like, I don't even know if they want to play him. They've like, been that's, saying that's, that the past couple weeks. Right? So, <laughs> I, I don't it, think... It, it, it's kind of weird. Like, it, it, I kind of feel like they're not going to play him, like, all, yeah. like, for the rest of the year. They're just going to shut him down, right? That's what kind of really feels like to me. Yeah, that's what it feels like, but it just also doesn't make sense. It's just such a weird situation with Brandon Cooks because he knew what he was getting into, you know, when he signed a two-year contract to be with the Texans during the rebuild. Right. And then halfway through the season, he requests a trade. He doesn't get it. And then you know, he's been on, like, hiatus. You know, maybe it's an injury, maybe not. We know he's a little bit disgruntled. It's just been a weird situation. So you're right. I don't know if we're going to see him back. I think even if Nico Collins comes back, you know, Chris Moore could have a little relevance. I mean, not that either of these guys are like big name receivers, but maybe they'll just help spread out the defense a little bit. You know, they have to deal with somebody yeah. that isn't just a practice squad guy. But like you said, he has two really good matchups, I think, in the championship uh, coming up these next two weeks. Um, I don't like the offense still, so it's not like we're going to just say, yeah. oh, this guy has a perfect matchup and he's going to go off. No, but he should definitely be on rosters at this point, especially after that game he had against Dallas two weeks ago. And the Texans, they've been hanging around against good teams. You know, they had Dallas and the Chiefs back to back and they took them both to the wire. Uh, they easily could have won either of those games. They should have beat Dallas. Thank God they didn't. But uh, I think that Chris Moore in an offense that has looked a little bit better these past couple of weeks could be a spot producer for you if you need it. My, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's interesting because he's been playing on the outside with, with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins out, but right. when they've been in, or at least one of them has been in, he's moved to the slot. So in this particular matchup, I prefer him to be on the outside just because yeah. they're a lot worse on the outside than they have been defending the slot. So, you know, we'll see how that one works out, but he's still a solid pickup regardless. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, 
uh, at number thirteen, the Lions. Uh, you know, they they might they they might go up on the Panthers this week. That would be my assumption. Would you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that could definitely be the case. I think so. So I don't think I don't think the Panthers have the firepower to match. Exactly, and because of that, I think it is going to be Chuba Howard on the field more than Deontay Foreman this week. If I had to guess who had more snaps in this game between the two, I would guess Hubbard. He's been kind of inching his way closer in the rushing department as well, like between yeah. like, you know, this overall running back rushing share uh, for the Panthers. And then on top of that, he's the primary pass catcher. And he's been a little efficient in the pass game um, this year. So especially lately. So now yeah. ha, ha, I see him potentially having, you know, 10-point floor in this game against the Lions, mostly, you know, in PPR leagues, you know, coming out of the backfield. So um, I think he's a solid pickup. If you desperately need a running back, he's available in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I like him more than Foreman, definitely this week. And maybe rest of the season, we'll have to see how this workload splits up. But he did run a lot more routes. I think it was 16-2 to two last week, you know, over Deontay Foreman. Um, so I think that he definitely has, like I said, like I said the, and we said, the receiving work is what's keeping him afloat, and that's perfectly fine, you know, in this yeah. offense. And especially in a matchup where, like you said, they might end up going down. He'll be catching some passes. If he gets five or six passes, you know, there's a chance he scores two on the ground. He had a couple goal line carries, I think, two weeks ago. So he was right. getting, he, like you said, he's inching closer. Things are trending up for Chuba Hubbard where things are going, you know, kind of downwards for Deontay Foreman. I'm not sure how much I agree with that. I think Deontay Foreman should, you know, get at least a, a decent share of the pie. Um, he, I think that he has the talent to do that. But the way things are trending right now, obviously we don't have control over that. We could say we wish whatever we want. But Chuba Hubbard, he's trending up right now. And I think he's a guy to have at this point in the backfield. I wouldn't drop Deontay Foreman just in case things turn around. Right. But um, at Chuba Hubbard, I would start him. I'm not starting Deontay Foreman this week. I, I agree. And, you know, it's really game script, right? Like Chuba Harbour was on the field for 63% of snaps last week, and it's because they were down uh, yep. in that game, you know, especially later on. Um, and I think that's going to be the same case this week and potentially in week 17 against Tampa could be something similar. I, I would expect that game to be a little bit closer. Uh, division game, you know, uh, yeah. Tampa isn't necessarily the type of offense that's going to like just rain points on you, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy to say, uh, but it's true. So, you know, he, he is definitely um, in that game, particular game as well. Like he would be in flex consideration um, as well. I think so for sure. Yep. Uh, Jermichael Hasty at number 14 here, you know, to calm down, everybody. Everything is fine with Travis Etienne. He actually did practice in full yesterday in their full practice, you know, first practice of the week. So, you know, that ankle scare that he had during the game, he wasn't on the injury report coming into this week. So that's a good sign. He'll be good to go against the Jets. Not a great matchup for him, but whatever. The reason why Chuba, uh, the reason why Jermichael Hayes is on this list is because it's a Thursday game, right? You you might have an opportunity to pick up a Thursday night player, a handcuff for Thursday night and potentially drop them. If you play on Yahoo or Sleeper or your league settings are such that you can drop any of your bench players between Thursday and Saturday or between Thursday and Sunday, as long as they weren't in your starting lineup, you could do that, right? And that's that's kind of why I'm saying pick up Jermichael Hasty, just in case, because the Jaguars play the Texans in Week 17. Right. So if anything were to happen to ETN, you have a must, almost a must-start player in Jermichael Hasty, who got a, a far majority of the snaps in that one game with when ETN was out, right? Yeah. So, or at least at least in the game where uh, ETN went out er, early uh, in that first quarter, so. Uh, someone just just pick up and stash for this week, pretty much. 
Yeah, we're not picking him up to play him in our lineup this week, assuming nothing right. you know goes downhill with Travis Etienne. But this is the kind of move where you know, like, you can't get hurt, especially if you have the room on your bench. You know, just pick him up and see what he does. I know you've been doing this all season, you know, every Thursday yeah. night, and we <laughs> we see the you know feed light up. Uh, Faraz made a roster <laughs> move. Faraz made, a, Faraz made a roster move. So I know what you're saying. Yeah, Jermichael Hasty definitely. I would pick him up just in case. Uh, it is a short week. I don't think you know he's going to have any type of workload that's going to be challenging Travis Etienne. But um, maybe if you know, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves either. We know the Jags might be trending towards playoff contention, depending on how the Titans do down the stretch. If they go up, maybe in a game against the Texans, maybe Jermichael Hasty gets some run at the end of the game so they can keep Travis Etienne fresh for the playoffs. Like I said, you don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but that's just a potential thing i could see too kind of working out in his favor you know it's funny i have another giants receiver here at 15 you know just just i have richie james at 15 you know he's just been kind of getting it done quietly you know in yeah. ppr you know just for a ppr floor if you need it in a good matchup uh against minnesota uh, i even think isaiah hodgins is a little sneaky you know if you're in a deep league <laughs> yeah. uh, just because he's the one running routes on that left side that we keep talking about every single week against minnesota so just keep that in mind if you're in deep leagues. James Cook, I have him at 16 here. He caught that touchdown last week uh, from Josh Allen. But the reason why I have him here is because if you're in a deeper league and you need a running back, this is Bears week for the Bills. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like there could be a lot of um, overall volume, like similar to what we talked about with Algier and Cordell Patterson this past week where the overall pie was a lot bigger. And I think the overall pie for this uh, running back rushing share this week against the Bears could be higher than normal. So we could see like, you know, 15 carries for Singletary and like 13 for James Cook. It's very possible. Now, is it a risk to play James Cook? I definitely think it's a risk to play James Cook. But, you know, if you're in desperate times, you know, he's somebody that is an option now, just this particular week. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And if you're picking up James Cook, you know, you don't want him starting against anybody else besides Chicago, you know, who's been just terrible against running backs this year. And that's why. That was just like, you know, salt in the wound of Miles Sanders having a bad game last week. Know. You know, you just expected so much more out of him against this Bears defense that's just been terrible against running backs. I don't think James Cook is going to, like, capitalize. I don't think he's going to have, like, this humongous game. But like you said, in a desperate spot, you could maybe start him and get away with it. Um, the Bills could go up. I want to say that loosely because the Bears have actually been competitive. That's, like purely because of Justin Fields. Um, but we'll see how things go. If they go up, maybe James Cook gets a little bit more run down the stretch. He has been the pass catcher, though, and Devin Singletary does, you know, kind of salt the game out. We'll see how it goes. When you get to this part of the waiver wire, you know, you're just kind of shooting for upside here. I think James Cook, yeah. he could be a nice play, just given the matchup. Um, it, it gets a little bit diluted with, you know, why are we picking these guys up? The matchup, I think, alone is enough to have him on your roster, at least for this week, because his, his value can really only go up. You know, and another guy you can shoot for upside is Romeo Dubs. You know, he led the Packers in receiving yeah. yesterday, right? And this is first game back. And I don't know if you saw this, Zach, but his route participation was only 30%. Yeah, he only, no, ran, he only ran 10 routes, and he was targeted five times. So that's a 50% target per route run rate right there for Romeo Dubs. So if he yeah. was able to do that in just a, a hand, like literally two hands, you know, full of, you know, just that that's all the amount of routes he ran. So, like, moving forward, he has two pretty good matchups uh, the rest of the way, right? He has Miami and Minnesota the next two weeks. It's two so, very good matchups. <laughs> you know, I think he's an upside play because, and the floor is low, I still think, because the target distribution is a question mark, right? Like, yeah. would you be surprised if Alan Lazard led 
led them in targets next week? I wouldn't. You know, Christian Watson obviously still there. He's the play out of this wide receiver core, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, moving forward, like Romeo Dubs is somebody that, you know, we saw him get it done when he had opportunity earlier earlier on in the season before he went into, you know, the doghouse a little bit, then he got hurt. Um, but yeah. he looked just fine this week. Aaron Rodgers was looking for him when he was running routes. So somebody to pick up and, you know, potentially even play next week. Yeah, I think that Romeo Dubs, you could get away with starting him next week, maybe. And especially the week after, you know, against Minnesota. He was getting targeted, like you said, at an extremely high rate. And he, that was on a low percentage of snaps. Maybe they're just kind of working him back from that injury. If he comes back and has 50 or 60% route participation, you know, do you think that number could go up to like eight or nine targets? I'm not saying we can't just extrapolate like that. You know, it's going to be, it doesn't, it's not a positive direct I think, correlation. But I think his route participation this upcoming week is going to go up to like 75%. Okay, I so do. 75. Uh, I, I, I think like on th- in three wide receiver sets, I think he's going to end up playing, him and Lazar are going to end up playing over Randall Cobb. Yeah, if it goes to 75%, like is that best case scenario, do you think? Uh, no, I think best case scenario is like 90% because, you know, it depends on if they prefer to play Romeo Dubs over like Alan Lazard, which I doubt would be the case. I think I would assume that in most 11 personnel, 10 personnel, you know, Romeo Dubs will probably be on the field only for those situations. So, yeah, I would say 75%. All right. That makes sense. I, I think that Romeo Dubs, he can definitely get it done. You know, I like what we saw from him last night. If he gets, you know, like we said, more participation, he can get more targets. I think Christian Watson still has um, the stranglehold on, you know, Aaron Rodgers' top target. Alan Lazard yeah. hasn't really looked that way. Um, you know, he's been on the field the past couple of weeks. He's been, you know, relatively quiet. Yeah. I've, like, would I be surprised? You asked if I would be surprised about Alan Lazard leading the team in targets next week. I would, you know, at this point. Uh, I think Chris, with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs on the on the field, and then A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, you know, Aaron Jones, he's a good pass catch and running back. I'd be surprised if he leads the team in targets next week. I, I'm not big on Alan Lazard at this point. Um, I, I think that I would go with the youth movement here. Go Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. Those would be the two I'd consider starting. Obviously, starting Christian Watson. But you can get away with Romeo Dubs, I think, as a flex. He has really nice upside that you're not going to see really with many more receivers on the waiver wire. 100%. Um, Gus Edwards, I have him at 18. I, you know, I think when Lamar is back, uh, the Ravens probably won't be in negative game scripts. And I still think this is going to be as close to a 50-50 split as possible You know, with Dobbins leading the way. But yep. I think it's very very possible. Like we talked about Algier you know, getting double-digit carries most likely every single week moving forward. I think we can say the same thing about Gus Edwards, especially if Lamar is back. Yeah, Gus Edwards has kind of been a mainstay for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, he's going to continue to get those touches. He doesn't have, I don't think, quite the upside. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he's still going to lead the way. And we saw him. He has two straight 120-plus yard rushing games. And he's only going to, going to get healthier. But I think as he's getting healthier, you know, you can get away maybe with Gus Edwards. I wouldn't be very comfortable starting him. But just in case anything would maybe happen to J.K. Dobbins down the stretch, you know, I don't think I think he's more of a stash than he is like, you know, a bench and play type of uh, movement this week. And, and Matt Collins, you know, who's just been a decent streamer wide receiver all year. You know, he had a touchdown this past week. Uh, decent matchup against Pittsburgh, especially on that right side where he runs most of his routes from. But so he does actually have a good matchup this week, uh, particularly. Um, and then I got Khalil Herbert at 20. You know, not that doesn't really have great matchups the next couple of weeks against Buffalo and Detroit. And it's tough to trust him, you know, this week. He should be back this week. Uh, but, yeah. you know, he'll be back. You know, if you need a like a what the heck flex play, obviously he's deeper than all these guys here. But my assumption is that he's going to eat into David Montgomery's workload a little bit. We saw that he had big play potential, so yeah. you have that. 
to hang your hat on. You know, we saw that multiple weeks of like, oh, like maybe we should play Khalil Herbert over David Montgomery, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for a week or two, we were ranking him above David Montgomery, yeah. but then it kind of went swung back in Montgomery's favor. But, you know, if the matchups were a little bit better, like Detroit in week 17, not a great matchup. Um, you know, he has upside, floor of zero, but if you're shooting for it, sure, why not? Yeah, he's like a YOLO play. You know what I'm saying? With YOLO. Khalil Herbert there, you know. The other thing you can hang your hat on, you know, you say he has the explosive ability. Maybe he was getting, you know, relatively close carries to Dave Montgomery is, you know, they actually said that they were going to ride the hot hand before, you know, he went down with an injury in this backfield. So you kind of can yeah. hang your hat on that too. Um, he's He looked really good. I think you just got to kick the tires on him. I think there's no reason to leave him on the waiver wire. Somebody else could pick him up and benefit from right. him. I would exactly. just, just see what you can get with Khalil Herbert. The, it's a move. You're not going to get hurt, but it could pay off a lot, especially if he comes back and has a similar role to what he had before the injury. Agreed. Exactly. And and that's going to do it, guys. That's our top 20 right there. Um, you know, in a deeper league, like, you know, Russell Gage, you know, he did have two touchdowns from Tom Brady. Just keep an eye on that. You know, if Mike, Mike, if um, Julio Jones is out again, not super dependable, but decent matchup. Um, yeah. Demarcus Robinson also, you know, I'm not sure if I trust him as much with Lamar, but Tyler Huntley has been targeting him. So deep PPR, flex play, 14-team leagues only. Um, and that's really about it. That's all we got. Um, yeah. Good luck, you know, picking up who you, who you guys want on your waiver wire this week. Tomorrow we'll be back with our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings for week 16 for the semifinals of our championship runs. Uh, the home guys. The home stretch, baby. The home stretch. All right, everybody. Uh, good luck this week, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take it easy. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 